This show contains swearing and movie spoilers. This is Max Hedrum, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to one of the greatest epics ever produced. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. stop and look around once in a while you could miss it jack look at this the back half is all solid propellant there are different valves for directional control the nose it's all electronic you've heard of a bullet that has your name on it well this one really does and you can program it to go after a certain person and what's the signature i don't know man i've tried everything movement light shape i don't know i gotta know marvin yeah i know you gotta know i'm doing my best okay but it's tricky My God, it's a heat-seeking missile. Yeah, but Marv, they come right at a specific person. Sure, because everyone's body has its own unique heat pattern. This is your body's heat pattern, and this is mine. Clean, simple, and neat. Jack, this is a police nightmare. We should worry about terrorists and crooks getting A-bombs. The real problem is this microelectronic stuff like this. I mean, a smart bullet. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Dude Looks Like the 80s. I'm your host RJ McCready and for today's episode we're going to take you guys back to the year in 1984 to review the uh, technology movie Runaway with Tom Selleck. And today I have a special host, uh, Gary Hill. Gary, how are you doing man? It's cold here bro, that's all I'm saying. It's, uh, I'm, I'm in Indiana so it is slightly chilled here. Not, <laughs> not Arctic cold but still pretty cold. How you doing, it's man? Oh, I'm very good, thank you, Gary. Gary, thank, it's great to have you on the show. I, the last time I spoke to you, we spoke about a duck, some quack food with Howard the Duck. That was a yes. good show, man. Good <laughs> with Ricky Morgan. Love, love the duck, man. All day long. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, that was a pretty fucked up movie. <laughs> um, Gary, before we move on to do the review, I just wanted—I know we usually do this at the end of the show, but. Um, there's some people who listen to the show who don't know about your greatness on the Legion podcast. Do you, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself with your podcasting and movie memorabilia and things like that? Well, since uh, RJ here is going to be some, some podcaster hubris going on, I'm not sure what's going on with that, but you know, I don't know how great <laughs> I really am is all I'm going to say. But um, I do a show with some, some lucrative ladies called uh, Cinema Beef Podcast. Um, it's a multi-genre show, not just horror, not just anything. It's it's, it's everything, and I 
try to pair films together in, in an unconventional way sometimes, and sometimes it's fun, sometimes it shits the bed, but here we are. <laughs> We're like uh, 150 plus episodes in, and I... It's uh, my own personal therapy session every time we record, so it's a, it's a beautiful thing, and um, you can find that Allegiant podcast as well. Check it out there. And uh, on occasion, we do a commentary show, too, called Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. Where me and uh, some friends get together and we uh, we do um, we watch a movie, uh, usually something wild like uh, some chop socky shit and uh, stuff you could talk about. I think uh, one of my greatest successes slash failures is I made the guys watch uh, Pink Flamingos and they just were disgusted and bored and it was like the best conversation <laughs> I ever heard in my life. And I was like, hey, I got you guys talking though, didn't I? Yeah, see, you know. Oh man. <laughs> And the other thing, Gary, I'll speak, I'll speak to you about this. You've had some, um, you've had some amazing people on your show. One of them being Tom Holland, the film director for um, uh, Fright Night and Child's Play. How, how did that happen? I'm just curious. Well, I, I met how Tom, did you manage to set that up? I'm at a convention uh, for the first time. It was, I think, it was at a Wizard World Chicago convention. I think that was the one he was at that I was at. And uh, I've been him a couple times since. And I struck up a conversation about a couple of films that, 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 that I like of his. And he, he wrote and directed Child's, he, he wrote Child's Play and wrote and directed Fright Night, which is a great 80s fair. But one that I that really struck his fancy that, that I love. And uh, I know Dabney Coleman loves it too. And Henry Thomas loves it is uh, Cloak and Dagger from the 80s. And he wrote that. He didn't direct that. But um, much like Psycho too, he wrote he wrote that, and Richard Franklin directed that. It no, was a collaboration, and he really enjoyed that somebody liked that movie. And I'm like, yeah, because oh, wow. it's awesome. You know, I seen it as an adult, and I thought it was an awesome movie. And so that's that's oh, I... it's, it's it's a really short story, but Tom's a great storyteller. If anybody's ever heard him on the podcast before, not just mine, he he loves to talk about films and film filmmaking, yeah. and you know. All that good stuff, and uh, yeah, yeah, oh, he's he's up there with the greats for me, Tom Holland. Um, I mean, he's big on the Legion podcast, isn't he? When we mention him, and obviously, Friday Night and Child's Play. And I think Psycho 2 is a great sequel, it gets a lot of love, uh, it gets the love it deserves. Um, every time I speak to people about it, they always rate it. So, uh, um, yeah, no, some good stuff, Gary. That's some. Um, I love that story. It's it, great. Was, it wasn't always loved. I think that I, people felt that, and we ain't getting too far to say this is an '80s movie too. But they, mm. they felt that you know he had to wait till Hitchcock kicked the bucket before he can go forward with that sequel. And uh, oh, okay, that's the way it felt to me too. But it got a lot of love over the years, so I'm, I'm glad for for Mr. Holland and Mr. Perkins respectively. It's what I call, yeah, it's what I call an old bottle of wine. It just seems to get better with age. It means every time I watch it and revisit it, it just gets better and better. And that's some great stuff, Gary. Thanks for sharing that with us, man. Yeah, um, man. So what we're going to do now is go play a trailer for the movie, and then we'll get into the review, and we'll talk about Runaway. It is the future. Mysteriously spreading across an unsuspecting city. Machines trained to serve humans are turning against them. 
What do you got, Jerry? Model 912. Cut up two people inside the house. I'm going in. You're going in. We can send a disarm robot in. It'll hit the floater. It'll hit the disarm. And any minute, it's going to decide to hit the kid. An ingenious conspiracy has begun. And someone has to stop the madman who started it all. We've got a non-standard chip here. can turn any domestic computer into a killing machine. Working late at night all by yourself. I just had a few things to finish up. No, no big I deal. Insist. Let me help you. No. Bug detected. I'm out of bugs, Jackie. I thought I was queen. Who's that really wants to keep track of you? Why's that, Jackie? This is a bad guy. He's killed five so far. I want him. I'm telling you, I can't go out there. I can't go out! your name on it? This isn't a runaway. This is murder. We're never gonna make it through this one. Runaway. Tom Selleck. Cynthia Rhodes. Gene Simmons. Runaway. Try Star Pictures. Okay, so and welcome back, guys. Um, so you just heard the trailer. So the synopsis for this film is: in the near future, a police officer specialises in malfunctioning robots. When a robot turns out to have been programmed to kill. He begins to uncover a homicidal plot to create killer robots. It's got a 99-minute runtime. It's a PG-13. And it stars Tom Selleck, and as you all know from Magnum P.I., uh, Cynthia Rhodes, who plays Thompson, and she's well-known for uh, Flashdance and... Oh, what's the other movie, Gary? <laughs> oh, that's right. Tip my phone, too. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll remember it later. Dancing. What's dirty up? Dancing. Dirty yeah. Dancing. Dirty Dancing, Dirty Dancing, how good. Um, and it's also got the guy out of um, Police Academy. I did have his name written down here somewhere, but I can't remember his name now. And it's also starring... Um, T.W. Bailey, S- you're thinking of. That's it, T.W. Bailey, yeah. Consummate 80s sleazebag. <laughs> he seems to just play the same character, doesn't he, mm. in every movie. Um, and not to mention, it's got Tom Selleck's moustache in this movie playing oh, Tom Selleck's moustache after he does, of... it does it ever, man. It's amazing. <laughs> that push broom is beautiful. It just it deserves his own glass case somewhere, doesn't it? I'm sure he brushes it every night before like, he goes well, to bed. When he shaved it that first time, I think I wept a little bit, just a little bit as a man. I was like, yeah, that makes me sad. <laughs> You know what, Gary? Just think that moustache missed out on being Indiana Jones, man. That could have just been his sidekick all the way through the trilogies, man. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, It's directed by uh, Michael Crichton. Um, He also wrote uh, this movie. Michael Crichton is probably best known for Jurassic Park. 
And he also did Westworld, yeah. which has now been turned into a TV show, which okay. I think has been quite successful. Check out Looker too. Looker's a wild movie with, with Alfred Finney. That's a, that's a crazy oh, yeah. too. Yeah, that's a. I haven't, I haven't seen that film since probably the nineties, but that's a that's a pretty crazy movie as well, wasn't it? If I remember rightly. Yeah, I enjoy it. I'm just, I'm just making suggestions, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I'm going with as well. Yeah. Um, and what's the other thing I was going? Oh yeah. Uh, soundtrack by Jerry Goldsmith, um, which has got a real sort of electronic feel to it as well, which you can hear in the intro to this show. Oh, yeah. um, which is a little bit, I thought it was a little bit different for Jerry Goldsmith, if that kind yeah, of makes it's, sense. It, it, it is. It's, it's kind of a synth beat throughout the whole thing, and it's not something you're normally able to listen to with Jerry Goldsmith scores. And Yeah. Because uh, you are supposed to be in the future, but we have like robot housekeepers who possibly has sex with Tom Selleck I don't know they just seem, well, awful, they, they seem awfully close so that him and that girl <laughs> housekeeper well how could they resist though um what's the other thing I was going to say about this film it's um they don't really timestamp it they don't really say what what it's obviously set in the future someone was saying on the internet it was supposed to be based in 1991 but um Michael Crichton he wanted to make it a little bit more realistic instead of having like the robots that he had in Westworld. He wanted to have like little devices and he did that on purpose just to give it that more sort of realistic feel. And I guess what you could say, when I watched the film the other day, it kind of reminds me, it's kind of like the time we're living now with the technology and all the things that we've got around the household. Do you know what I mean? It's um, So I guess you could say it's almost based in 2019, this movie made in 1984. What do you reckon, Gary? We could have some killer Roombas running around the house, you know, make, make, a, yeah. make a mechanical spider-like and uh, just clean, clean my house and terrify me at the same time. <laughs> well, as I said before, Gary, I'm, I, technology for me has gone very quick, but I'm still lagging behind somewhere. Um, I'm a bit like John McClane when it comes to technology, man. I mean, uh, my missus has got the, Have you got Alexa? In, in the uh, States. Yes, I don't own one in my house because I don't trust those devices that say, hey, you know, buy things. And yeah, my, my, my that's co- right. My, my co-host Suzanne just speaks into it like nobody's business. <laughs> Add cayenne pepper to the shopping list. I was like, okay, big brother, you know. Well, yeah, exactly. And I think that's the point of this runaway movie. It's kind of like Michael Crichton's gone. You don't have to look out for the killer robots such as like the Terminator. It's these little devices that might just catch you out. So I think that's kind of like where they're going with this movie. Um, so when did you work first watch the movie, Gary? Is there a time where you kind of thought well, you, you remember it? Or? Well, there's a story behind this because this used to come on cable quite a bit. And I remember wa- turning it on or cut, walking in on it when I was a kid, like on an HBO or something in the, in the States here. And watching, look, and seeing the end scene, there's an end scene in which, see, Gene, we didn't mention Gene Simmons, but Gene Simmons is the bad guy in this movie, mm. who implements killer, who implements uh, microchips to make the robots turn against their their users. And there's a scene at the end in which uh, the final set piece is like this construction site, and these killer spiders that he concocted are climbing up and attacking Ramsey and his young son, and, uh, who's played by Joey Kramer from Flight of the Navigator in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And uh, again, all these goddamn 80s connections, man, you know. But, um, well, that was a hell of a look. But those fucking things, spitting out acid and all kinds of stuff, they were, that scared me as a child, just walking in on that. So I guess that's my earliest uh, runaway uh, memory because I never watched the whole movie till I was like probably my 20s. Oh, okay. Right. I only saw bits and pieces of it, but you know that 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 scene alone was was pretty scary because when those things pop up on screen, they come out of nowhere. They just killing people, and it's it's kind of great. Yeah, they kind of stole, stole the show, really, didn't they? These mm-hmm. uh, spiders—they're pretty cool. Um, well, well, that that and Gene Simmons' gun in this movie, which uh, yeah, for, for some reason the... can, 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 can I, has bullets that can identify people and kill them. That, you know, that was pretty cool. Um, because, I, like, I've, because micro trips, you know. I've actually got a clip of that. I'll play that right now, actually. And you've got that. Um, pretty cool POV shot, and there's a you you can hear the 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 bullet fly as well. There's like a sound effect, isn't there? And um, it moves around corners and everything like that, doesn't it? So, yeah, that was pretty cool. And also like Gene Simmons' gun as well. Uh, well, we see it was Doctor Luther, isn't it? The character he plays. Yeah, Luther. Yeah, and man, he's menacing as hell in this film, isn't he? Oh, Do you know what I mean? He's got. Us, that stare on his face, you know what yeah. I mean? He's just like, he's like a devil, isn't he, or something, the, you know? Those eyebrows with that quaff of hair that he has in this movie, it's very it's very short for Gene Simmons in this movie. And Well, yeah, I, 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 when I, I, the last time I actually watched this film, obviously up until recently, was actually in the 90s. I'll call it on TV, much like yourself. Um, and I didn't realise it was Gene Simmons from Kiss, until I spoke to uh, Ricky Morgan about it, because he's like one of the biggest Kiss fans I know, and um, yeah, he does a good job. He, he does a good job at playing the bad guy. It's not the it's not the first time he's played a bad guy in a movie either, is it? It's was well, it Wanted Dead or Dead or Alive? He had, um, I guess he called the Gene Simmons trifecta of the eighties. He was Nuke, who who if you if you analyze Trick or Treat really good, he yeah. could he could be in cahoots with Sammy Kerr, and I think yeah. he is in that movie. Um, in Trick or Treat, he was mm. uh, Velvet von Ragnar in the the awesome eighties classic starring John Stamos in, in Vanity, Never Too Young to Die, and of course Luther in this movie. Which if you haven't done never, you haven't done it yet on this show, but I'm sure it's coming. That Never Too Young to Die because it is well, awesome. I think you mentioned Raymond Williams before as well, Rima, Gary. Rima was Williams, it? Yeah. Is yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I've got. You know, I've got these on the list. This is why my show is caught in the 80s, because there's so much 80s greatness out there. I don't think I'm ever going to cover it all. So. But, um, I think I think Jake Speed just came to Blu-ray in the UK from Arrow. It and, did. And that's, and, that's like a, a sequel, sort of, to, uh, to Reba Williams. Uh, so Yeah, I, I've got it downstairs, Jake Speed, because um, that is kind of my, my building block, you know, with these kind of treasure-hunting heroes as I've mentioned before in the show, but I was, I liked Jake Speed. It was good. There was, there's some really good bits in there. It's a budget movie. It's done on the cheap, but then saying that it's got, uh, is it John Hurt? He's yeah. in there as a bad guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, there's a lot of films like that flowing about in the eighties, but 
Man, I've got to love him. It's a real touch of nostalgia. <laughs> um, the other thing I was going to say about this film, Gary, we mentioned it before we started the show, Jack Ramsey, you know? Man, he's, his name gets mentioned a whole ton in this movie, doesn't it? Sergeant Ramsey. I want to talk to you, Ramsey. Ramsey? Ramsey. The chief wants your ass. Yeah, I know. Ramsey. Ramsey. Now, Ramsey. You screwed up good, Ramsey. Jesus Christ, Ramsey! And I want to clear the fucking room now! Ramsey! Just do it, Ramsey. Ramsey! Hey, Ramsey, telephone. Hey, Ramsey. This is Ramsey. You're lucky to be alive, Ramsey. I wasn't very nice, Ramsey. I want my girl, Ramsey. You can't run away, Ramsey. I'll find you. Don't touch the car. Yeah, they, they say his name a lot because he's always getting called out and by his his bosses and of course you know by his his sexy partner that you know he's gonna sex up eventually, but it doesn't really happen all the way, you know. But she is she is smitten with Jack Ramsey, and of course, oh yeah. Of course, by Luther. Luther screams his name with with the the menacing glare that you mentioned because he's. It's Gene Simmons, man. It's the demon. He's got to make faces, and yeah, it's it's kind of glorious, you know. And he he, and, re- he really hams it up when, of course, you know the bad guy's gonna get their their due, and he really hams it up when he gets his due. And I can't stop laughing. It, it, it's hilarious. <laughs> and of course, when you're talking about that as well, you you got Kirstie Alley in this film who basically gets uh, stripped down, doesn't she? <laughs> Almost naked yeah. in one scene. Non-vul- Non-Vulcan. If she if she had the Vulcan ears going on, getting naked, I, I think I'd be more turned on. You know, <laughs> curse you, Star Trek. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, yeah. It's, that was a that was a funny scene. It's, I think Tom Selleck or Ramsey comes out and goes, "Oh, she's attractive." Like, <laughs> so, take your bra off. <laughs> the, the point of that scene is is that they're looking for 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 bugs. They're looking for uh, like um. Uh, uh, um, audio devices on her that they, they, they could be tracking her or whatever. Different tracking. Yeah. She's got them all over her body, which tells me Luther was doing some freaky shit to curse the alley. Just put like <laughs> put one here. Wait, what are you doing, well, buddy? Nothing, no, no, nothing at all. Nothing, honey. You know, <laughs> man, with those with those rapey eyes, man. Fucking hell, there's some shit going on here. <laughs> and hang on a second, let me have a look here. It's, uh, yeah, it's a PG for it's a PG movie, I think, isn't it? It is. It is, I believe. Yes, <laughs> but I'm sure Luther is a very generous lover. That's all I'm gonna yeah. say about that. He's got to yeah, cover sure all he's... them parts with all those those uh, tracking devices. <laughs> oh man, I mean, talking about Luther, just um, it's a it's probably a role I could have seen Michael Ironside do as well. Oh, yeah. As as another, he's got that sort of. I, I, w- I wouldn't would replace Gene Simmons in this movie. Oh, if, no, if I, if no, I had no, to, yeah, Ironside would fit the bill for sure. Yeah, I. that's the thing with these films. I very rarely say, yeah, I'd replace them, but I always do a little bit of alternate 80s. It's oh, yeah. something I talk about quite a bit, actually, you know, saying, oh, this. But no, Gene Simmons, he's fine. In fact, uh, he, he does a great job. Um, okay, so yeah, we mentioned the Flight of the Navigator kid in this as well. Um, He's he kind of reminded me of the kid out of. Uh, you seen the film Outland with Sean Connery? Uh, it's been a long time. I know what you're talking about, though. There's the kid in that where he's a little bit. Hey, Dad. Yeah, you know, he's like, she doesn't wear a wedding ring. Maybe you should marry her. Yeah, <laughs> man. That like, kid is he is pining. <laughs> I mean, this kid. This kid was trying to get it in with his dad way before the sleep was <laughs> in Seattle, kid, man. Yeah. I, I don't see a ring, Dad. How about uh, yeah. it? <laughs> 
How about I go watch TV, you guys go to the bedroom and talk for a while. <laughs> okay, son, thanks for that advice. <laughs> he just winks at him like, thanks, son. The best, the best wingman in Hollywood, my son. Yeah, you know? that's it. Thanks for that, son. You're doing well. You're doing a good job there. I'm bringing you up really well. Um... And let's have a look here. What else have we got? What other greatness have we got in here? Um, so you've got a modern movie. You've got technology. You've got bullets that fly around, all that sort of stuff. Then about halfway through the movie, you've got a clairvoyant. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've got someone, you've got a clairvoyant turning up. Do you remember that bit? Oh, yeah. The, 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 the police psychic or whatnot, I guess. Yeah. Which I, it, it, it makes sense when you think about like criminal psychology, I guess. Because yeah, they, can't, they can't figure out what the, the motivations of whoever it is is doing this is. So they call in the, your, your rando police psychic, which I, <laughs> which I wish would be a thing, more of a thing in every movie, you know. Just... Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because I, I was doing the, I was taking the notes late at night. I like to rewind it and I think, am I really, am I getting this right? Is there a clairvoyant in this film? And I'm, I'm, so, really, I'm really pushing for this police psychic, and I really shouldn't be, but yeah, you know, it's, it's a thing in this movie, yeah. Yeah. So, so we got corruption, we got greed. So the basic plot of the movie is obviously Gene Simmons playing Luther. He's found these chips that can control all the robots, and he basically wants to make the money for himself. And then anybody who's um, got anything to do with those chips, he's basically killing off, and then. Jack Ramsey is trying to stop this plot. Um, and then we've also got stuff that we've got now, like drones, the internet, facial facial recognition. Um, and I suppose you could say the other thing with this film, I thought, was it was a little bit like when I watched Robocop as well. There was, you know, technology-driven. Um, so, there's yeah, there's some pretty cool stuff in this movie. Oh, um, I, I had a joke there that it kind of fell out of my head. See, oh it, no, it, 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 it was it was something about a data entry rod that I'm not going to go for now. So yeah, I'll leave that alone. Yeah, <laughs> Dad, I'm just going to sit here and watch Carson. You go do strange things to the police lady, okay? You know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back to that. I'm, I'm thinking about that all day long now. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Continue. I'm sorry. No, Gary, no, no, we just, I say, man, we're just sort of making this up as we go along, just dropping anything in your like. Um, so where were we? So he's, so Tom Selleck is trying to track this killer down, and doesn't he use Kirstie Alley as some bait, doesn't he, at a restaurant? Well, he um, uses his bait, yeah, to, to, to do, um... To, 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 to pull in, I guess, I guess they're lovers? I, I have to guess that they're lovers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then that goes wrong because she ends up getting she ends up getting killed and she by one of the uh, because she, one she, of those bullets. She, she stole the template for for the for the chips or something, or she had had yeah. the template or something. That was yeah. it. So then you've got a um, Thompson gets taken hostage at this point. And I seem to remember there's a bit in the vi- when they're in the vehicles and they got these like um, radio controlled like yeah those were neat bombs uh, weren't they mm-hmm. like smart so they bombs that 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 they drove yeah yeah and then they kind of like just thrown in a little bit of a car chase there and they just to sort of beef the movie up a bit I guess it's, it's a it's a great little action set piece you know yeah yeah 
Yeah, that's what I mean. I've, I think the movie, it's what I like about these movies in, in the 80s. They kind of run at a pace, don't they? They just keep it sort of going. Um, and you know what? I don't, I don't mind a basic plot in the movie. That's fine for me, do you know? As, as long as it's kind of run at a pace. Um, also, what I've got to mention was um, Ramsey is scared of heights, isn't he? He's had something happen before. He's suffering a little bit of PTSD, I suppose. Yeah, with the they never say what job. that is, I don't think. It just Yeah, they, they say that he's afraid of heights. Yeah. There, there's a yeah. point where, where he's in a helicopter, right? He doesn't want to be in a <laughs> yeah. helicopter. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they say they go pretty early on that he's afraid of heights. And then at the end yeah. of the movie callback he, he has to go to to that 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 tall elevator at the, at the job site and that's about 30 40 stories up probably and he's t- freaking out of course because yeah he, kind of um i felt like when he said i've got i'm scared of heights i felt like he was toying on the sort of indiana jones thing where he's sort of scared of snakes no it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that is smart it's it just a guy like hey no. Guess what? This is going to come back later to bite me in the ass. Well, I'm yeah. so scared of heights, so, you know. Something that starts at the beginning is sort of revealed in the end, isn't it? So yes. he has the, well, he has an ultimate showdown, doesn't he, with um, Gene Simmons, um, where he's captured his son, isn't he? And um, his son gets sent down the elevator, but it's kind of like a, it's like a bit of a double cross, isn't it? Because as the elevator gets down, those spiders are down the bottom of the elevator aren't they waiting to yeah. kill him mm-hmm. um ramsey has a final showdown with him and he ends up hanging on the bottom of the elevator doesn't he so um he finds it's almost the, he, like a, he finds the bravery through his son to not be afraid yeah. of fights anymore so. yeah but to be fucking yeah. terrified of metallic spiders <laughs> but then the um spiders end up killing gene simmons in the end don't they they sort of he, he falls down, doesn't he, from the building, and then he gets covered by the spiders. They inject yeah. him with a poison, and then there's a scene where he's just laying there, looking like he's dead. And Ramsey goes up to him, and then all of a sudden he just goes. Yeah, yeah, he has, <laughs> he the, has, he has the final fight. scare. I kind of love it. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's just he's just having a good time in this role. I think I think most Gene Simmons roles, he's just having a good time with it, and that's what makes him so goddamn entertaining. Is yeah. That, He's not just like well, with the except of of, of kiss meets kiss kiss uh, meets the phantom of the park or kiss or attack of the phantoms whatever it is, whatever region you're in whatever it's called, where they were just like standing there and bad overdubs and whatever. It's classic seventies sleaze that movie that, that TV movie everybody seems to love. But uh, these this eighties output and even stuff in the nineties where he just shows up and stuff. Mm. Uh, I I. I think he's just having a great time, and it, it, it projects well on screen. And then this is no exception with that final, that final jump at the end to say, "Hey, yeah, I'm, right. I guess I'm dead now." You know. Yeah, that's it. You got me. It's a little bit like Batman and the Joker, isn't it? In some yeah. ways, it's the same sort of template. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun movie. Um, it's worth checking out. It did. It didn't do very well though, did it? At the cinema. Or the box office at the time, it kind of flopped. I think it, it had a $6 million budget or something like that. But um, whenever I speak to anybody about this film now, um, people remember it. So um, I'm sure it's probably got a little bit of a fan base somewhere along oh, the line. Oh, yeah. Like like like, like people like me, like when about our age, that saw it on cable. You know, because I, I, I didn't see this in theaters, obviously. I saw it secondhand ah. and... 
you know, cult status is a thing that, that people love and I, I love to talk about. And you discover these things. Uh, I love these films about technology that should not work. But, you know, like, oh, there's, there's a great movie in the 80s called Pulse. Yes, the, I remember not, that one. Yeah, yeah. not the yeah. Asian one, guys. This movie's about electric, electricity yeah. in a house that, that goes awry. It's alive somehow. And they never explain why it's alive. No. And I, that's what I love about that movie. They never explain why it's killing people. It just kills people. And that's kind of yeah. great. There's never like, oh, it was cursed because uh, it was buried on top of a cemetery or some shit. You know, they, they never say anything about it. It's just electricity. That, yeah, it just, yeah. Kills, it just kills people. Electricity in that movie. Yeah. Hey, I, yeah, I remember that. I think I posted that on Legion and I got... Some reactions from people when I put on Pulse. Um, they got they got not but, one but two Lawrence brothers in that movie. So mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I remember watching Pulse around about the same time I watched Runaway. Actually, so you know, I was pretty shit scared in the eighties. You know what I mean? You can go anywhere, could you? You know, you can even there's, turn the fucking light on. <laughs> it, it isn't an eighties movie, but there's one of the nineties called called Ghost in the Machine. All right, and in, in which it's it, I love to pair with Shocker one day because it's about a a killer who gets inside the internet when he dies, and steals oh, I... steals Karen Allen's address book, starts killing people through like electricity and stuff. There's a great uh-huh. microwave explosion scene where a guy's face is like pulsating with burns, and it's kind of gross and it's oh, fun. Man. Oh, it's great. I'll leave that alone though. <laughs> no, 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 not so, man. Um, yeah, this, this one though, you know, they, they, they had great practical, everything's practical, obviously. There's no computer yeah. shit in here, so they built all these robots from the ground up, including those great ones, uh, those great road drones and the great spiders. Yeah, because you know, they... um, I had, you, I think you probably remember them, uh, was it Zoids? Um, in the 80s, those uh, robotic toys that you yeah. used to, to get, um, that kind of reminded me of the same thing, so... Um, the other thing I was going to mention, the uh, Will Smith movie, I, Robot, which came out, was that in the was that in the 90s or was that in the 2000s? Early, early 2000s, maybe. So, yeah, I, I saw a little bit of trivia where someone was saying that that's kind of, could have been how the Crichton movie could have gone. But as I said earlier, he kind of wanted to keep it as the household appliance that could kill you rather than a, a full-on hecto sort of skeleton robot or whatever oh, so. Yeah. Um, so yeah no it, it's a good film i don't think there's much else to talk about for this movie um go but watch yeah it. Good. go watch it go check it out all right gary well um yeah all right guys well hopefully you enjoyed the show check it out um we me and gary will be returning quite soon actually <laughs> to do the last starfighter which came out in 1984, so look out for that show. And I'm going to close the show with um, a song. I, there's not actually like a... It's quite unusual, really. There's not a song for this. It's all electronic. So I thought with Gene Simmons being in the movie, I actually spoke to Ricky Morgan about this. I said, what is what is one of the best songs that came out? Oh, and you would sit there for an hour, Ricky, talking about that, man. Yeah, know. I said to Rick, I, I did I did word it to him. I said, can you tell me a good Kiss song? And he was like, well, you're trying to make me choose my kids here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's... Um, damn, I've forgotten the name of the song now. I think it's... Was it Thrills in the Night? Oh, Thrills in the Night that came out. So I'm going to play that to end the song. So, guys, we will see you soon. <laughs>